This is Alexis and Charlie interviewing Mr. Stefko. All right, hi, Mr. Stefko. What do you teach? I teach world cultures. I hope the questions don't get any harder. <laughs> okay, and how have you been during the pandemic? It's very kind of you to ask. Thank you. I don't know that anybody's asked me that. Uh, I feel like Meghan Markle uh, were understanding for the first, being asked for the first time. Um, uh, I, I have been doing uh, as well as any of you guys. Um, I'm, uh, I'm pretty lucky in that I got married right before the pandemic. So um, it was, you know, what, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think anybody likes being locked down, but if you have to be locked down, it's, uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's a pretty cool uh, time when you're still getting used to something new and getting a new dog and training the new dog and figuring out how to build these shelves and, uh, you know, take advantage of it. And uh, I've been, I've been very lucky. Uh, uh, the big disappointment is just not being able to do what I do and teach and coach and be able to see you guys in person. But pretty sure that's the whole country going through it together. So. Uh, um, I'm thankful that I got some great kids to go to, to go through it together with. All right. Well, Wait, can we do that one again? I ended it in a preposition. I need to do the whole part. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what would you say a fun fact about yourself would be? There are no fun facts about me. I don't believe in them. I mean, I believe in facts. Um, but uh, a, a fun fact would be... Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know a fun fact. I'm Give so us sorry. a boring fact then. A boring fact is that uh, I you am. Me in your class. Is that no? That's not boring. You know what? A fun fact is that I have Alexis Whipple in class. That's the fun <laughs> fact. I don't have any boring facts. But I, I, there's just facts. I want to be very. I like to be very impersonal about my facts. Personal facts. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up on the north side of Pittsburgh, um, right near Three Rivers Stadium, uh, which was then bulldozed in one of the most amazing moments of my life when I got to watch Three Rivers be imploded. <laughs> I think it's a parking lot now and, uh, you know, uh, Heinz Field and PNC Park are right by it, uh, right by where it used to be. And uh, it was a great place to grow up. I wouldn't trade it for, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, we could walk to a Pirate game, walk to a Steeler game. Um, you know, go to, you know, go to services right there before we would do those things. Uh, you know, no offense to you guys out here in NA, but I think it's the best, you know, you guys out here in NA in 2020, but I think 1980s Brighton Heights was the best place on earth to ever grow up. Have you ever biked to PNC Park? Have I ever? Biked to it. I have not, I have not biked to PNC Park, but, do you know um. where Camp Grassuit is? I do not. It's, I, um. I think it's in like Swickley somewhere, but okay. I was in a camp during the summer and it was like a week long camp. And we had to bike all the way from Camp Garasuda down to PNC Park. And oh, I do know. And I bike all hear. the way back. Oh, yeah. You're saying Gayasuda? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's it was a, from um, Camp That's Suda. a bike hike. Yeah. We had to bike so you'd across be going like, the down train track and stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to be going down some yeah. train tracks to get started. So that might be the fun fact about me is that, you know, before the pandemic, for about the 10 years before that, um, I bike about 2,000 miles a year. Um, I, I usually train for something called uh, Pelotonia, which before everybody got these weird Peloton bikes during, uh, during lockdown, 
Uh, there's something called Pelotonia, which is a cancer. Oh, you know what? I can stump for this. I can ask for donations. So in May, all of the <laughs> listeners, all of the listeners of this podcast, are going to get a a blatant donation, a blatant donation solicitation from me, uh, <laughs> because uh, every year in August, and we couldn't obviously couldn't do it with a pandemic, but. Um, uh, I go on a two-day event called Pelotonia in Columbus, Ohio, uh, that uh, that you raise money or you, you get uh, you get donations and pledges beforehand, and once you complete the, uh, it's a 200-mile bike ride in two days. Um, it's a hundred miles each day, and it is uh, usually about a hundred degrees. So you know we we start right as the sun's coming up and. Uh, I think the year before that, uh, I think the year before the pandemic, we raised uh, $10,000 for the first time, which was one of the proudest moments, uh, one of the proudest moments of my life. And I'll be sending everybody a solicitation to, uh, you know, my, my buddies all donate because they say, uh, they say, you know, we don't believe you can go do 200 miles without falling off that thing. So if you want to see if I can bike 200 miles without falling on my head and separating my shoulder, then you'll be getting an email asking you and your parents to donate. Oh, all funds going to uh, James Cancer Center at Ohio State University. <laughs> but what was your favorite subject in school? My favorite subject in school was algebra because I'm really an algebra teacher. Yes, uh, and uh, that's, uh, it was just the, sim- the structure and simplicity was was very good for my brain. It's just the way my brain works. I don't like some of these history answers where I have to or this where, where I have to say, well, you know, that's a good point. And if you can back it up with fact, and I have to accept it even if I don't like it. My personality is sometimes easier that you know the answer is twelve, and everyone else is wrong. You know, <laughs> and I kind of like that. All right. What would be a memorable teacher that you had while in school? A uh, memorable teacher that I had was Miss Pollier. Paige Pollier, she taught at uh, she taught at Vincentian, and she was my uh, geometry teacher, and she taught me how to proof. And I've basically been spending the rest of my life either writing geometric proofs or thinking geometric proofs, or um, writing discrete, uh, you know, discrete mathematic proofs or thinking them, or doing the exact same thing in the social studies classroom when I ask you guys to think about something, and uh, and, and we have to. And we, and we have to go on that logical journey to get there. Um, she's the one who showed me that life is basically just a big geometric proof, which some of you may not want to hear, but well, that's the way it is. I like geometry. Well then, it's good for you. It's good. You're, you're headed for a great life. What jobs did you have before you taught? Uh, uh, th- th- this is gonna go into first period. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I was uh, uh, I was a paper boy who had the uh, who for about a year and a half stretch had the largest Pittsburgh Post Gazette and the largest um, Pittsburgh Press. I remember you told us that yesterday. Yeah, uh, uh, routes. So started as a paper boy about eight nine years old. Um, I was a bagger at Shop and Save. I cooked at Wendy's. I cooked at McDonald's, which was a which was a uh, which was a great time. I had my first managing job at McDonald's. I started I, there when I was 14, and I still work there now. Listen, that is the most frequently occurring job amongst Fortune 500 CEOs, was that at some point they were a manager at McDonald's. Now, some of that is that there's a billion McDonald's's out there, but part of that is that uh, McDonald's leadership structure and their management structure is, um, is a great place to learn a lot about life. 
Um, uh, Did you I was, here? Yeah, I worked at the one on McKnight Road. Uh, I was actually there when it got flooded because um, it, it sits down in the bathtub with Siebert Road and all those other things coming down. And uh, that's one of the only three or four times in my life that I've ever had coffee. Uh, I was 17 or 18 years old when that happened and I thought that it would be a good idea to fuel myself with coffee because we had to go in when a place gets flooded you have to take everything out before you sanitize it before you whatever and I think I worked 36 hours in a row thought it was a good idea to have coffee and it turns out that uh, my body doesn't respond well to coffee and I just get tweaked out of my mind um, and uh, that was the first time that I realized that coffee is bad for you I know that some of you do that but it, you should not you should not get addicted to that. I don't care who else is. I don't care if your teachers are or whatever. That stuff, uh, you know, the other people might handle it better. But for me, that would be the death knell. Now, I haven't even gotten to uh, all of the restaurant jobs that I have. I was a bartender and a, <laughs> bartender and a waiter for a very long time. I was a, uh, a corporate trainer. I opened up uh, two Bravos and a corporate trainer is where you show up and there's just a building and a bunch of high school kids and young college kids and you have to teach them how to be waiters and you have to teach the cooks how to be cooks and the managers how to be managers and when you leave six weeks later what was a building is now a thriving restaurant and um, I opened up two Lone Stars one on McKnight Road and one in King of Prussia Mall in Philadelphia I opened up two Bravos um, I opened up the the Bravo and Robinson and the uh, Bravo and Cranberry training all their bartenders uh, I was also a bouncer at Metropole um, and I've taught at a whole bunch of uh, metropoles, an old uh, an old nightclub in uh, uh, in the strip district, and um, I've got a bunch of other jobs. <laughs> Every job. I've driven I've driven Uber. Uh, you know, driving Uber was a great job. Uh, you meet you meet uh, you meet all of society. It's like going to Walmart. <laughs> you know, you meet everyone. What is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, my favorite vacation spot is Stone Harbor, New Jersey. My uh, just makes me think of my dad who passed six years ago and was was my best friend. Um, and uh, man, the the memories there, I get just warm and goosebumps even thinking Aww. about all the family time in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. All right, final question. Yeah, final question. Uh -oh. What would you be doing if you were not a teacher? Uh, if I were not a teacher, I'd probably be a college basketball coach. But I consciously decided to be a teacher, uh, just, I, I like it too much. And if it weren't college basketball coach, I, uh, when I got out of college, I, I promised myself that I would take one year, quote, before I went to law school. And uh, I'm currently on my 19th year of <laughs> one year before I went to law school. So uh, I would either be, um, I would either be an attorney. Um, you know, I still, one of these days that I still think that one of these days if I end up taking a break for some reason maybe you know maybe next pandemic uh you know I'll go to law school don't laugh there don't don't laugh this won't be the last one of our lifetime um the uh you know I might take a break and go to law school um or uh uh you know it's probably too late to get into coaching college but I don't think it's too late to get into law school so um one of those two or although I gotta be honest I miss bartending a ton, uh, not because of anything other than just the fellowship. I miss being a waiter or a waitress or a bartender. I miss that more than being a manager. Um, I just, I, I, I love serving people and it's a great job to do that. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. God bless you both. My, uh, you know, happy holidays to both of you and to all of your listeners. And uh, make sure you get me that distribution list because when I start <laughs> asking everybody 
to donate money to the James Cancer Center at Ohio State University. When I ask you to do that uh, in April and May, um, I'm going to need a big distribution list.